0: Hi, everyone. It's Ruthie McBride, and I'm back with another episode of Out to Brunch. Thank you guys so much for listening. I really appreciate all y'all's feedback on my podcast. It does really help me. And also, it's just like fun to get a little, you know, compliment every once in a while. (laughs) But yeah, I've really been enjoying doing this podcast. Today's episode is up a little late just because 4th of July weekend got a little bit busier than I anticipated. I did not go anywhere, to be clear, and we didn't even celebrate 4th of July. 4th of July is also my mom's birthday, so it was more like Abby's birthday, aka my mom, as opposed to American independence because we're not celebrating that right now because obviously we can't celebrate independence when we're not all free. We don't all have the same freedoms. But yeah, so it was my mom's birthday and then Sunday I did, oh my god, I started the Chloe Chang two-week workout challenge and almost died like literally almost died. This woman does the whole workout with you. And I just I don't know how. Like she does it and she makes it look effortless and I do it and I look like a flying squirrel in my room. Um it's just very it's very hard. Um so claps to her for being able to do all this shit. But I will tell you guys what my results seem to be at the end of the two weeks. I know that's like a big trend, people posting Chloe Ting before and afters. I'm not posting that because I don't really think that's necessary. I just am doing it, one, because my friend asked me to. But also because I just like working out and like feeling stronger and feeling better about myself. If I know I'm working out, it's also really... It's a lot harder for me to get down on myself, especially about body image. Because I'm like, well, I'm working out. I'm eating well. Like, this is just how my body is. So, always appreciate a good workout. So, I'm doing that again tonight on day two. Very scared. But also, I know I'll get through it. I got through yesterday. I'll get through today. Other updates going on. Um, I finally 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 finished Girl, Woman, Other. I in the last podcast episode gave a little like synopsis of it. Kept reading, realized I was way off. It's not just about three women. It's actually about like 15 different women and kind of like how their stories all collide at the end. It is really long. It's 450 pages. It's taken me like a week and a half to get through, which is, if you've been keeping up with me, you know the longest a book has taken me since I started reading again mid-May. So I'm really just happy to like be done with that, know the story, close that chapter. I gave it a four and a half stars out of five. It's amazing, but it is really long. And because there were so many characters, at some points I started to get confused about remembering who's who but it is definitely a worthwhile read if you have the time and mental capacity to remember like 15 different characters but it's definitely worth it very well written. I also just really like reading books that are from a British perspective because I think British people are really cool and then I read the book with like a British accent in my head And it's really, like, that's another part of the entertainment level to me, you know? So, that was a really amazing part of the book. Um, I also, oh my god, I did my book club yesterday for the first time. We had our Zoom meeting, and it was so fun. It was me and three other girls that were able to attend the Zoom meeting. And we just talked about the vanishing half, which favorite book I've read in a really long time. And it was so nice to talk about it with other women who are also doing anti-racist learning and like want to hear those narratives and are appreciative of those narratives that, you know, we just commonly aren't told. So that was amazing. And we decided we're gonna keep going with it. We decided the name is A People's Book Club, just so like it's really inclusive of like anyone who wants to join and that no one feels excluded and just that like we're doing work that make us better people and will hopefully better other people in our lives and communities. The book we decided on for next month, um, or I guess for this month, we'll talk about it in August, is Heavy an American Memoir by Keyes Lehman. I may have said his first name incorrectly, so bear with me, but it has really good reviews. It also has 100 Notable Books of 2018 New York Times recommendation, and also has the Andrew Carnegie Medal for Excellence in Nonfiction. So it is a nonfiction book, but it is pretty short from what I can tell. It's about 230 ish pages so that should not take me a long time to get there i probably won't read it until the end of the month just so i remember it better for the book club but i also okay i also have like seven books coming in the mail like at some point this week which i'm super excited to talk about in next week's episode but this week i on on saturday I've been looking for James Baldwin's Giovanni's room for weeks and like everywhere I look it's sold out and I try I don't order books from Amazon I try to not order anything from Amazon anymore because I don't want to you know feed Jeff Bezos more money so he can be awful and not pay his employees so I try to go to Barnes & Noble and then there's a little bookstore Um, near my school called King's Books. And I order a lot of books from them online. And I've also been looking at Black-owned bookstores. And like everywhere was out of Giovanni's room. And I think it's also because of the timing. Like James Baldwin is a very well-known African-American author and is amazing. I've done a lot of other readings by him in the past. And I've been wanting to read this book forever. And just because of like everything going on, the book has been sold out. So I randomly was like, let me just like check Barnes and Noble. And it was in stock. So I immediately got in my car, went to Barnes and Noble. I said, do you have Giovanni's room? And she said, here's the last copy. So I got it. And I'm so excited to read it. It's also a smaller book. I think it's It's less than 200 pages, so I'll probably do that reading today. And hopefully, I'm trying to not read books in a day, so I want to spread it out over three days or four days just so I'm not running out of books all the time. Yeah, those are kind of the fun updates going on in my life. I oh, I'm getting my haircut Thursday, which I mentioned in last week's episode so I'm super super duper excited for that because that's the one thing I'm like my hair and my pedicures are just my non-negotiables like obviously if the salon's closed I'm not gonna freaking protest and be like I want my haircut because no health and safety is more important than a haircut or pedicure but my hair salon has been open for a few weeks now and it's usually like no one's in there. It's usually me and one other person in there and it's not like a super tiny salon. So I I trust that they're doing the right thing in social distancing and only letting a certain amount of customers in at a time. So that's happening Thursday. Very exciting. I'll post a picture on my podcast account and my regular account. My podcast account is out to brunch podcast out dot dot brunch podcast on Instagram, and then my normal Instagram is groovy I recently changed my user, but it's g r u u v y r u u t h y. I just thought it was fun and cute, so I changed it. In today's episode, for the bulk of it, I really wanted to talk about self care, as you can tell by the title. I feel like self-care is constantly commodified, especially in, like, internet consumer culture. Like, if you look on Instagram, people are, like, self-care and, like, in a bubble bath. Which, like, sure can be self-care, but also, like, you don't need a lush bath bomb or, like, some really expensive soap to do and practice self-care. Because the reality is we should all be practicing self-care every day, and self-care is accessible and should be kept accessible for everyone. Because if we don't take care of ourselves, then we can't take care of other people. And that's kind of how I live, especially I work as a peer mentor at school. And one of the big things, especially when I interviewed for the job, I was asked, like, how do you take care of yourself? What are your go-to self-care activities. And I could have said, I don't know, like buying some really expensive bullshit that the internet tells me will make me feel like a goddess. But no, I don't do that. Instead what I said, I remember this really vividly for some reason, but I said, I spend time alone in my room. Like that's my act of self-care because I'm an introverted person so getting a lot of like activity from outside people actually really drains me so I need a few hours to like have to myself and not be around other people like resting is what gives me energy and just being alone and thinking I talk to myself in my head and sometimes out loud like the majority of the time I'm alone so yeah um and it also just helps me be more productive when I'm In conversation with people or seeing people because when I'm so exhausted my introverted brain just like I completely zone out and I'm not paying attention to anything that's going on so for me to be my most productive self I have to rest as a form of self-care or not even resting but just spending time alone just wanted to you know say that a little bit but I kind of wanted just to talk about different ways I practice self-care. I also, OMG, oh my god, I found this really, this really amazing quote that really just stuck out to me. I found it on Instagram. I'm looking for it. Oh, here we go. It's was said by Brianna Weist, who I think, if I'm not mistaken, writes a lot of like self-help books and motivational books and that's her thing but she has this quote that goes true self-care is not bath salts and chocolate cake it's making the choice to build a life you don't need to escape from and I really appreciated this quote because it's so true like if you're not taking care of yourself you're not happy and so then you wouldn't want to live a life like you would that sounded really dark Like you wouldn't like your life, maybe, you know? So you should practice self-care in order to love your life. And it's also just like so easy to practice self-care, but I feel like a lot of us do practice self-care in our everyday lives, but we don't acknowledge it to be self-care, so it doesn't really register as something we do that allows us to take care of ourselves, if that makes sense. Like, for example, one of my self-care things I do every single day, every freaking day, maybe even multiple times a day, is coffee. My morning coffee especially is a non-negotiable for me. I need that coffee to function properly every day and to feel good every day, but if I just assume that's a regular part of my routine, I'm not going to value the coffee as much and I value like my time drinking it and the taste in my mouth and the feeling I get when the warm coffee hits my stomach. And when I really pay attention to that, then I really value my morning coffee a lot more. And it helps me like rejuvenate myself more than I think it would if I just assumed morning coffee was just a daily ritual more than a daily practice of self-care. So I think it's important that we acknowledge the actions that are self-care that we do every day. In order to do this, I honestly, I just write down what I do throughout the day that makes me feel good and happy. And then I I write it down and then at the end of the day, I go through it and I'm like, what are things I do that are really non-negotiable essentials for me to be and feel my best? Um, so I actually wrote down a list I'm gonna share with y'all so my low buy is a non-negotiable that makes me feel really good because i know i'm doing the best for the environment and also the best for my bank account so that always makes me feel super good my showers oh my god showers are such an act of self-care for me i love especially when i'm in washington at school like the warm water like running down my body just makes me feel so good especially I'm I'm really sensitive to cold to the cold um especially when I'm at school because it's fucking freezing and so sometimes last year I'd wake up in the house and it would be really cold and I would go into the shower and like that was my thing like I was like yes my shower time and I don't take really long showers like five to ten minutes but Like those five to 10 minutes of feeling really warm is so an act of self-care. My morning coffee, as I talked about also. Putting on makeup. Not every day, but like some days it does make me feel really good. So that is an act of self-care. Like putting on my CC cream, brushing out my brows, putting on some mascara. Like nothing too intense. My, oh my God, my blush. Like that was like my thing this year. Like if you knew me at school, you probably noticed I wore a lot of blush, but like that was one of my acts of self-care. I was like, I love wearing a lot of blush. I feel really pink and happier. Like I look happier and I look more alive. So for me, that was definitely an act of self-care and something really important to making myself feel like my most authentic self every day. But yeah, those are kind of the things I feel like are more obvious acts of self-care that we kind of do to take care of ourselves, nourish our bodies, um, clean ourselves. Those are the more obvious ones. I think the less obvious ones that I wrote down about myself, and there's probably more that I do than just these I'm gonna talk about, but these are definitely my most important ones. Removing myself from situations that make me uncomfortable. As someone with social anxiety and general anxiety disorder, being in certain social situations can make me super uncomfy and when I was younger I used to just like stay in those situations and feel really awful about myself and not advocate for myself to leave and not be in that environment anymore but as I've gotten older I'm like wait I don't need to be around people that don't make me happy or in situations that don't make me happy if I'm uncomfortable there's no reason I need to keep doing this to myself like it's not fair to myself and everyone else there because I'm not having a good time so some situations for this look like certain social group interactions I especially when I went to college I just realized I didn't like being in huge groups of friends. I definitely felt like left out even if I wasn't necessarily. Um, I just really like one-on-one interactions or three or four people as a group interactions. Anything bigger than that makes me really anxious. So I would constantly like tend to remove myself from those situations, especially my freshman year of college. That was like a very conscious choice I had to make was that like, I didn't want to be Within a group of friends, I wanted to have very intentional friendships with maybe every person in that group, maybe not, but that was like of utmost importance to me was having that one-on-one connection with each individual as opposed to a group connection. So that was one of those environments I would just kind of leave because they weren't serving me at all. Another thing that like, a type of situation I tend to remove myself from are parties. I feel like this is pretty obvious (laughs) considering what I just said, but certain parties are super anxiety-provoking, especially as a freshman in college. Like, I felt this a lot. I'm not a huge party person, but college culture kind of is, like, you gotta experience it, blah, blah, blah. But also, I go to a really small liberal arts school, so, like, Parties look very, very different at my school compared to a state school. Like, I went to U of O one weekend and went to a party, and I was like, this is what I see in movies, and I honestly never thought it was real. I thought it was fake, because at Puget Sound, like, that's not the case. Parties are more like smaller get-togethers as opposed to, like, someone's on the keg and there's a giant DJ, like, kind of thing, so... Yeah. But my freshman year, I would definitely kind of just leave parties and go home and watch Netflix instead. That definitely made me feel a lot better. And it wouldn't be because of like anyone doing anything weird, like people being like, do drugs or drink alcohol. Because luckily at Puget Sound, people are not, in my experience, at least, people don't pressure you to do anything. um, Which has been a really amazing part of going to school there. I just don't feel peer pressure. So that wasn't part of it. It was just my anxieties of being around a ton of people and also just being stimulated by so many things at once is just super overbearing to me. So in any situation I was super overstimulated, I would get the heck out and go home. So those are really important acts of self-care that I think more people need to do. Like if something's not making you happy, it's okay to leave or work on it. You shouldn't feel like stuck in a situation that isn't serving you and it's most likely not serving the other person too because if you don't like it, you're not fully there, not fully involved. So sometimes it's best to Leave if it's a physical situation or if it's a friendship to discuss it. Don't ditch your friends. I'm very strong on that. Don't ditch your friends or partners. Don't just leave out of the blue. Talk to them. Figure out what's going on and figure out how to take care of yourself so that the relationship or situation better serves you. Next one is saying no. I think a lot of people don't know how to say no because a lot of people are people pleasers, including myself. My mother may tell you otherwise, because I say no to her a lot. My first word as a baby was actually no, which says a lot about me as a person, but at school and in social situations, I tend to be like a yes man. Like, I just wanna make everyone happy and at work. I'm like, I can do it, I can do anything, ah, yeah. But there's a difference between saying yes and wanting to do something and saying yes because you feel pressured to and then you're stretching yourself too thin and when we stretch ourselves too thin we can't properly take care of ourselves and we're not putting our best effort into anything because we're trying to you know spread our little bit of effort that would be really good in one thing to like 30 different things so i think that's super important to be aware of that saying no Is okay because it's better to be really interested and do really good on two or three things as opposed to not so hot on ten things like work assignments or social interactions like saying no if I would do this a lot especially in my freshman year and my first semester of sophomore year like if I had some sort of friend engagement at like one and then my friend was like oh do you want to get coffee at four and I would be like "Uh uh-huh yeah and so then I wouldn't get to spend like the full amount of time with the first person and I'd be like oops gotta go and then I wouldn't be fully there for the second person because my energy was already worn out from hanging out with the first person so didn't serve me well didn't serve my friends well either So I've been a lot more cognizant of saying like, oh, I'm actually already hanging out with this person, but let's schedule something else. So that's super important for me as an act of self-care to like saying no and not overwhelming myself and stretching myself too thin. So I think a lot of us can learn from that and try not to stretch ourselves too thin anymore. Because it's definitely, at least at university, I've noticed a really common trend and then it leads to burnout and then you're sad because you're burnt out. It's not self-care if you're burnt out. So cheers to that. Another act of self-care that I think Instagram likes to monetize off of a lot is exercise by saying like you need to be this thin or like let's do this challenge like the stupid one I'm doing but it's like, it's okay, like we're making it work. Or like selling weird supplements or like fit teas. Do y'all remember that? Those like teas that would give you diarrhea and like that's why you would lose weight. I never did one of those cause I was like, I already have enough gastrointestinal issues. I don't need some tea giving me diarrhea. But, like, they try to monetize off of that as an act of, you know, self-care, working out, taking all these supplements to be, like, the best form of yourself you can be, but that's so far from the truth. You should work out to feel good and not be pushing your body to insane extremes that just are not good for you. And also it can be, like, super traumatizing, being forced to work out more than you want to, like... I've never done a Barry's boot camp. I have heard interesting things, though, about people just, like, wanting to throw up. And that's, personally, I don't think you should ever feel that way in a workout. Because working out should make you feel good and not make you want to die. Also, with working out, especially, like, I grew up in L.A., working out is a super, like, being able to go to group workouts is definitely a privilege. And I'm so thankful I got to do that when I was like ages 16 to before the pandemic, Um, but they're also really intimidating, especially in LA because people focus way too much on their looks, like period. People in LA are so obsessed with how they look more than like how they treat other people, which was something I didn't realize fully until I left like I definitely knew that growing up around models and movie people like industry people was not the healthiest because they're kind of crazy not all of them but like a lot of them and they do you know anything to be thin like growing up with Khloe Kardashian like losing a bunch of weight because she was deemed like the fat Kardashian or whatever even though she wasn't big like what? Yeah, like that was just super problematic and not really having anyone that looks like me in media. Like when I was younger, I was super muscular and toned, but at that point in time, no one wanted to be muscular and toned. It was all the like lanky, skinny people were in, you know, as I got older, that body type got more likable, but I stopped doing competitive sports. So, you know, I filled out big chest. Belly. Whenever I think of that, I think of the Princess Nokia song that's like, my little titties and my fat belly, except I definitely don't have little titties, like nowhere near little. But anyways, um, shout out to Princess Nokia. But what I'm getting to is that when I went to Tacoma, it was the first time I worked out in an inclusive environment where I didn't feel like I was the odd one out because I wasn't super thin. And that was probably the most healing thing to me. I want to do a little shout out to my favorite workout studio in Tacoma called The Studio. It's a traditional Pilates studio and I've never felt more at peace with myself than when I work out there. It's amazing. People of all shapes, sizes, skin colors, races, everything. People work out there and it just makes me feel so good because you know, in LA, workout places are generally very skinny, wealthy, white, tall women. And it was nice to go to Tacoma and like be like, no, like this is what real people look like who work out. Like not only skinny white people work out. So that was super amazing to me. And I just always felt my best when I was there in like a no judgment zone, because in LA I always felt judged when I was working out. But in Tacoma, when I work out, I feel like really just empowered by the other women around me. And it's a really great feeling. So that's definitely an act of self-care is finding a workout environment that's inclusive. That's been like everything for me. It's very important. So, I appreciate that a lot. I also have been doing um, Trap Vinyasa, which is another, like, super inclusive space. It's mainly for POC and then white allies. So, I very much consider myself an ally to the BIPOC community. So, I took this class once and it was the most inclusive environment I've ever been in. Amazing. And I felt so good about myself in the way that... Abiyala, who's the instructor and founder, talks when she's leading a class is so inspirational and very attentive as to different things people are going through. When you're in Shavasana, she always says, close your eyes if you feel comfortable to, but those of us who have been through trauma may start to disassociate when we close our eyes. So if you feel that way, keep your eyes open. That is just it means a lot more when you've gone through trauma to have someone extend that offer to you and be like it's okay to not do certain things if you don't feel safe to do that and that in itself is a self is an act of self-care so love that that's definitely been one of the most important aspects to me of self-care is finding a workout environment i feel comfortable in because growing up i never really felt comfortable in a workout environment and there was always this pressure to be skinny instead of strong i feel like and when i work out in tacoma or literally anywhere that's not la like i really don't feel that pressure it's like you came to work out because you love your body and you want to feel strong and you need to be strong to do daily actions and i want to be able to walk when i'm 80 like so i'm working out now and keeping my body in motion um and i feel like that's definitely the emphasis like working out is a place to heal as opposed to working out is a place to further reject your body which is how i felt in la so something to think about these may not even be super in our faces when we do them but they are things at least I notice that you know may not be intentional by these companies but like even some of the coaches in LA will say things like get that summer body and it's like my winter body probably gonna be my summer body and that's okay I don't need a whole ass different body for the summer like what the fuck I'm gonna wear a bikini if I want to with my big titties and my fat belly so Shout, shout out to Princess Nokia yet again. Um, but yeah, I think that's super important as a form of self-care. Being in environments that make you feel good, safe, and healthy in your own body. And promote that feeling as well. So, no diet culture, ladies. That was a lot. But those are definitely my most important forms of self-care that I just don't think we pay attention to but are so important to be aware of that we do every day because then we'll really value those experiences more and like for example I am willing to spend more money on a workout class because I know that workout class is such an act of self-care for me and like obviously that may not be available or accessible to everyone but there are Really inclusive workout environments on YouTube that are free of instructors just being kind and Nurturing Trap Vinyasa does have a YouTube channel if you're interested. I think it's yoga by Abiola. Um, And then I've heard good things about yoga with Adrian, but I've never taken from her but like Everyone I've heard that takes her classes are very thrilled on YouTube and those are free as well but I just I always suggest, you know, in general, being in an environment where you feel safe in and comfortable in, but especially when working out, because growing up as a competitive gymnast, that was not the case for me. And I think I would have appreciated that sport so much more if they promoted feeling safe and secure in my own body instead of working my body until the point I felt like I couldn't walk because I had to tape up my ankles every day. Because they would just, you know, make you keep going. And keeping going is not a form of self-care, let me tell you. So, well, yeah, that's kind of all the meat I had for this episode. I hope you guys, I hope you guys got from this that self-care is a really important act that we all need to practice and be present when we practice it. Like, present when you're drinking coffee. Present when you're taking your shower present when you're going on your daily walk like those are things a lot of us take for granted I feel like and it's really important to put the intention of it being an act of self-care when you do it because then you will feel so much better a lot of how we feel as humans like our brains are so fucking strong if we tell ourselves something is good for us and we're doing it because we like it It's more likely that we'll actually feel that way as opposed to being like, I'm showering because I hate it. Like if you're like, I'm showering because I love the feeling of warm water on my skin. You're going to enjoy it a lot better, you know? So that's kind of what I'm getting at that. We all just need to appreciate and be thankful and like present for self care because it's the most important thing we can do. And... Oh, also, it is important to cut out things, like, acts of self-care are also cutting out things that are not self-care, which I think we tend to forget, but, like, having friends that make you feel shitty about yourself, as I said before, like, have a conversation with them, and if you feel like that relationship still doesn't serve you, you do the responsible thing and be like, hey, I just don't think this friendship is serving me well or you very well. So maybe it's time to go our separate ways. And that's okay to do because some friends aren't meant for forever. They're meant for a certain time period in your life. And as long as you're responsible and not just ghosting them, ghosting coach literally makes me so upset. But yeah, as long as you have an honest conversation, you're taking care of yourself and you're being respectful of the other person's feelings by telling them and not ghosting. So yeah, just a little thing. Um, I feel like I had another update. I ordered girlfriend clothing. As we all know, I'm obsessed. That's one of my acts of self-care is my girlfriend collective wear. Got two sets and those are coming hopefully soon. So their summer collection sold out within hours. So I'm really happy I like got them when I did. Because if I waited till that afternoon, I would not have gotten any. So that was amazing. I hope you guys have... A really fabulous day, and that me talking about self-care benefited you guys. And I hope that this listening to my podcast is an act of self-care for you guys. I know I listen to Katie Bilotti's Thin and Thick as an act of self-care every week. Obviously, take care of yourselves. I hope you guys are doing well and staying safe and healthy. And please, for the love of God, wear a mask if you go outside. Protect yourself. And protect other people. It's not that hard. Wear the damn mask and say six feet away from people. Just do it. It's not that hard. I don't I don't want to live in this pandemic anymore. And I don't think you do either. So like let's all come together and like socially dis- not physically come together, but like mentally and socially distance and wear our mask and not go to parties or do stupid things and be safe together and get get on the level that the like, EU is on right now because they're basically back to normal because they aren't pushing away the mask, the oh so heavenly mask that you shall put over your face anytime you leave your home. So sorry, I had to make that little rant. It's very timely. An act of self care for me and everyone else in this world depends on you wearing a mask. Because if I get fucking Corona, we all know that, yeah, it's not gonna be good. That's getting Corona personally, I think is not an act of self-care for anyone. So wear the mask, be a good citizen, a good Samaritan. I hope you all are doing well mentally. And remember that mental health is really important. So take care of that and prioritize it this week. Okay, this is a really long outro. So I'm going to leave you. Thank you for listening and have a fabulous day. Bye.